Hill Church, I'd like to take this time to welcome you all to the village. These are your announcements. Welcome to the Village Church, where our mission is to know Jesus, to enjoy Jesus, and to glorify Jesus. The Village Church, <clears throat> the Village Church, we believe that the giving of tithes and offerings is an, uh, I'm sorry, is an act of worship where you may give to the vision of the mission of the church online, or you may mail a check to the address at 2103 Virginia Boulevard, Huntsville, Alabama 35811. Or after service, you may drop your offering off in the designated area in the back of the sanctuary. Please join us for worship for our Sunday equipping class for all ages. Tonight at 6 p.m., there is a session of church cares training. Tonight at 6 p.m., church cares training. Please see the weekly schedule for a list of activities being offered. Please call attention to the announcements on the back of the bulletin. Reminder, the RSVP for the March 1st through 2nd Extravagant Grace Women's Conference at Westminster Presbyterian Church are due today. Sign up via flock note or contact women's I'm sorry, or contact a women's ministry leader. These are your announcements. Please govern yourselves accordingly. Now's the time when we will have a word of preparation. It's coming from Psalms chapter five, verses three. Oh Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you. And watch. That's Psalms 5, verse 3. Now we have the prayer preparation. Let us pray. Lord, you are good, and your mercy endures forever. Lord, you are good, and your mercy endures forever, Lord. Lord, we thank you so much. But, Lord, sometimes we don't feel at our best, but, Lord, you know that you always own time. You are faithful. You're committed to us. Lord, you guide us. You lead us. You give us wisdom. You give us understanding where there is none. And, Lord, when we don't understand, Lord, we know that you are for us. And, Lord, your word says if you are for us, who can be against us? We thank you for the son today. We thank you, Lord, for the resurrection of your son. We thank you, Lord God, that we have an inheritance. We have a promise. We have hope in you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for being just so gracious to us. Lord, you fed us throughout the whole week. Some of us got to go work out because we've gained so much weight. You're good. That's a good, beautiful problem, Lord. It shows that you have provision for us. Lord, you caused it to rain. Lord, you've given us the rainbow. Lord, you've done giving us the sunset. And all these things are the works of your hand. So we just say thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, that you just visit us even in your invisible existence. We can see your hand and your print on this earth. So we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, for life, health, and strength. We thank you that our blood pressure is where it needs to be. We thank you that those who are diabetic, you're controlling those things too. (laughs) And we can overlook all those simple things. But as soon as those things get out of whack, it's a problem that we need your help. So, Lord, I say all that to say that we need you today, Lord. We need you right now, Lord. We pray, Lord, for Israel. We pray, Lord, that you would reconcile that relationship that you would call everyone to use wisdom. I pray for those who caught in the middle of that fight. Lord, I pray to Lord God that you will give them consolation, Lord. Lord, I pray that you, Lord God, would give their leadership, the leadership wisdom, Lord God, to know when to stand down and trust you. But Lord, those things we don't understand, we know that you're in total control. 
And that's the hope that we, that's the fact, I'm thankful that we have the hope that we can put our hope in you, Lord God. I pray for the word that's going to come forth today. I pray that you will bless Pastor Alex, that he would decrease, that you might increase in him. I pray that your word will hit, have ears to hear it, Lord God. Thank you so much for that, Lord. I pray for the kids in our church. I pray that you will bless their going and their coming. I pray that your words will always be upon their lips. I pray that it's not a day that they don't know you and the part of their sin. And the ones that don't know you, Lord, I pray that you will call them to yourself. And they will be convicted. Convicted that they will surrender to you. That they would trust you. They would totally rely upon you. And when they feel like they are alone, Lord, I pray that they know they are not alone, Lord. I pray that they know they have a Father in heaven, Lord God, who cares for them, who loves them. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you will pull them aside and it will come to their mind that let me pray and talk to my father about this when they don't feel comfortable in talking to their parents. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you will lead them in a way, Lord, that they will make their presence known in, in, in your church and they will be able to feed the community your word, your gospel, your Holy Spirit, and they will have a refuge in you. I pray for the ministers, the ones on the keys, the drums, the piano, and the voice. Lord, that you will bless them this morning. Lord, as we continue to lift up your name and hold your name high. Lord, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for being with us every day. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that guides us and leads us into all truth. Thank you for the time that we're going to spend celebrating you today, Lord God. In your name we do pray. Amen, amen, amen. Now we will have a song of praise. I'm sorry, we'll have a call to worship that's going to come from 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verses 28 through 31. Can we stand, please? I'll read the leader portion, and where it says people, we'll all read. You ready? Amen. Call to worship, okay? Leaders, ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength together. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him and all the earth. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved together. Let the, let, and let the earth rejoice and let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Good morning, village. How are you? Good morning, everyone. Let's stand as we sing our song, I Love You Forever. Greet the person next to you. Tell them how much you miss them, you see them, how, how good they look. Share God's love. Yeah. 
Now we will have our confession of faith. I will ask the question, and you'll supply the answer. The question is, what is the sixth petition? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That is, in ourselves. Amen. You may be seated. Now it's time for the prayer of supplication. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. been blessed today by God or even this week by God have done even the small miracles every day is very important to give thanks to the one who gave us life and uh, to one that always can give us love this song is very special to me because it reminds me of the promise that he has given us
to every dark addiction starts to break. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I see Jesus. Cause your name is
you, Yasmin. Amazing. Our scripture reading today comes from James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4 and 12 through 15. If you're able, please stand for the reading of God's word. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am, tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. This is the word of God. You may be seated. Good morning, everyone. Hello. Can y'all hear me? All right, here we go. I'd like to thank again, Miss Jasmine for leading us. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. What uh, what specific rights do some Americans have concerns that the government might attempt to take from them? Freedom of speech. Any and elders? Hmm? Fifth Amendment? Yes. The right to bear arms is one of those um, rights that some Americans fear that the government may take from them. And the right to bear arms is listed in the Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. And it reads, a, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the rights of the people to keep and to bear arms shall not be infringed. And likewise, I believe Christians have the right to bear arms as well. Christians also have a right to bear arms. The sixth petition in the Lord's Prayer gives Christians this right to bear arms. The sixth petition of the prayer that Jesus gave his disciples in Matthew chapter 6 includes the right to bear arms. If you look at uh, Matthew chapter 6, looking at verse 13, this is our text today. It says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The title of this message is Let's Bear Arms. Let's Bear Arms. And here's the theme for this message. Because God is our Heavenly Father, we can resist and overcome temptation. 
because God is our heavenly father, we can resist and overcome all temptation. Please pray with and for me. Holy Spirit, as we uh, come to the preaching of the word, I pray that you continue to move. I pray that you continue to speak to our hearts, that you continue to minister to our hearts and to our minds and to our souls, even to our emotions. I pray that each of us will receive what we need to receive from the preached word today. And I pray that you will work in us, know your God's purposes for us, and that he will be glorified through the preaching of this word, and that we may benefit from it. It's in Christ's name that I pray. In a uh, Peanuts uh, cartoon, Lucy demanded that Linus change the TV channel, threatening him with her fist if he didn't. What makes you think you can walk in here and take over, asked Linus. These five fingers, says Lucy. Individually, they have nothing. But when I curl them together like this, in a single unit, they form a weapon that is terrible to behold. <laughs> Which channel do you want? asked Linus. Which channel do you want? And turning away, he, he looks at his fingers and he says, why can't you guys organize like that? <laughs> the sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer it is a broad battle cry. For Christians to organize like Lucy's fingers. It's a call for them to assemble. Not like, you know, the Avengers, but we are called to assemble. It, 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 see, the sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer, it acknowledges the reality of spiritual warfare. It acknowledges the reality of that. And all Christians experience spiritual warfare. But do you believe it? Do you believe you are currently experiencing spiritual warfare if you are a Christian? We are. Let's reflect on that. It's happening. We are experiencing it. How have you experienced it this week? Spiritual warfare does not discriminate. It all Christians, regardless of gender, ethnicity, nationality, economic status, they age, they all experience spiritual warfare. We experience it, I believe, individually, and we experience it communally within a local church, within denominations, that we are constantly in a spiritual warfare. But again, but do we believe it? So what is spiritual warfare? What is it? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Have you ever, ever thought about it? What is actually spiritual warfare? First, where well, it's spiritual, and it's not physical, and nor is it a cultural war. It's spiritual. And what does Paul say? What does, what does Paul say in Ephesians six? That for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. That's what we're up against as Christians. 
Not against flesh and blood. Though it can feel that way, but that's not what we're about. And spiritual warfare is normal. It's the normal part of life. It's ordinary. There's nothing abnormal. All Christians go through it. And when Paul says in Ephesians 5, look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So normal. Spiritual warfare is normal. And there are three foes or enemies in this war. Three enemies and foes that as Christians, those of us who have saving faith in Christ, that we need to be delivered from. The first one is a supernatural foe, the devil. Yes, he does exist. He is real. And he's not uh, something with you no know, bread with, with horn sticking out of his head. No. Satan was an angel, one of the most beautiful angels. So forget about those images. He's not that. He's a supernatural foe who knows the Bible better than you. And he can use the word to trick you up. First Peter says, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers and sisters throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. So if the devil's on your back, guess what? Welcome to the party. You're not special. You're just like the rest of us. Undergoing the same kind of suffering. The second enemy is what I call an outer foe, the world. The world that we live in. That's why John says, do not love the world or the things of the world. Because often the things of the world are in opposition to our God and King. Amen? And the third enemy is the one that you often see in the mirror every day. The inner enemy, your flesh. That sinful nature. Yes, Christ has defeated sin. He's defeated sin in us. But the sin still resides in us. The old person, that old woman, that old man, that, that flesh that still lives there, that flesh will still be here until we cross over to glory. And so, even, so within us, we have a battle going on. It's like, my goodness, I'm getting it from all sides. Yeah, yeah, you are. Internally, that's why Paul says in Romans 7, I find this a law to be at work. When I want to do good or right, evil lies close at hand. Is that evil without or is that evil within? Within. So be alert, saints. Be alert. Be alert because these three foes and these three enemies are constantly on the attack. And sometimes the way they attack you isn't with immoral stuff. Sometimes it's the very gift that God has given you. So let's bear arms. Let's resist them. Let's walk in wisdom, not in foolishness or wickedness. So we can take up arms against anything that comes against the will of God or opposes his will. You can take up arms against whatever tries to pull your allegiance away from him. 
I hope you know that in our culture, there are things that are, that are pulling your allegiance away from God. Can you sense it? Can you feel it? That's the war. It's pulling your mind, your thoughts, your desires. It's pulling you away from him. Sometimes it's the very gifts that he gives us. Pray the sixth petition. That's why we pray that petition individually and corporately. Again, each of these petitions can begin with the same beginning of verse 9. Our Father in heaven, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Notice it doesn't say, don't let us experience temptation. It doesn't say, don't let me have to deal with temptation. Because he knows that we're going to face it. So the petition is, grant us the strength through the power of the Holy Spirit so that we may resist the temptations that constantly come at us day in and day out. The external temptations and the internal temptations. So the Father and Jesus knows that we're going to deal with these things. So we're saying, Lord, help us to stand firm individually and corporately as I deal with temptation because temptation is a weapon your three foes use in this war. Did you know that? They use it, and they know how to use it very well. There's an activity in... Uh, kid Sunday school that revolves around a character named Julie, who is uh, who is eight years old. And so little Julie isn't allowed to watch scary movies at night. Her mother tells her they can give her nightmares, but Julie is like, well, "That's cap. I, I don't believe that." She thinks she's old enough, even mature enough to to watch scary movies anyway. In fact, she has already seen a few scary movies and nothing has happened. She hasn't had any nightmares. So parents really just don't understand, right? So one night, Julie has an opportunity to watch a scary movie because her mom is busy helping her older brother with homework. Mom won't know if Julie watches the movie. TBC Kids, what is Julie experiencing right now? Internally, what is she experiencing? Don't be shy. Speak up. Yes. Temptations. She's tempted to disobey her mom, enticed to watch scary movies. What should she do? What would you do if you knew your parents would never find out? What would you do if your spouse would never find out? What would you do if your employer would never find out? The church would never find out. The IRS would never find out. Your neighbors would never find out. What would you do if you knew you wouldn't get caught? What will we do? The lure of temptation leads us to sin against God and others. It leads us to sin vertically 
against God and horizontal against other people. That's what temptations do. That's their purpose. It's in, they entice you to sin against God, to be disobedient, to rebel. That's the whole purpose of temptation. And sometimes they make promises to you. You deserve this. You work hard all week. You deserve this. You make good grades. You deserve this. You deserve a little more freedom. Oh, they won't know. They won't know. Oh, I got, I got this. I'm just going to be sneaky. You're old enough. So they promise you things. You're old enough. Go ahead. Take it. What was the, in the line of witch in the wardrobe, what was the, the thing that uh, the little kid was enticed with? What was that dessert? Yes. That's what temptations are. What is your favorite sweet? Because you won't you won't give in to temptation if you didn't like it. If it didn't taste good and feel good, the little sweet tooth. Listen, if temptation is Brussels sprouts, like who's gonna eat give in to that? <laughs> well, you know my point, T. Or chitlins. I know. I wasn't gonna give in. I don't want no chitlins. Now, Chick-fil-A sandwich with some Chick-fil-A sauce, that now, you got, now you're talking. So the temptations are always the things that they give us joy, so we give into it. But what feels good ain't always good for you. What tastes good ain't always for you. It's not. I've been your pastor for 16 years. And I know a long time. I think it's all this great. I've counseled many of you. I've counseled many of the people who have left the church. I know the temptations you struggle with. I know the temptations you have given into. None is righteous. No, not one. That includes me, the pastor of 16 years. And I believe there is a common American temptation that Christians, regardless of their denomination, struggle with. It's almost like a first world temptation. And I called it, it's an acronym because you know your pastor like acronyms. And it's called BAD. B-A-D. Busy and distracted. Busy and distracted. We're bad. Jobs, kid activities, got to go here, got to go there. Got to keep up with the Joneses. Got to keep up the appearances. So you're busy. We're busy. We're busy. We're busy. And we're busy. And we're busy. And that is in itself is a temptation. And then we're also distracted by our little smartphones, social media, Twitter, or the app formerly known as Twitter, Snapchat, all these technologies. So these all become distractions. And these distractions are, again, they're temptations. So they, again, they can pull us away from the main thing, pull our heart away from the main thing. And so we are bad. Say it, I'm bad. Busy and distracted. Or am I the only one? Am I the only one? You see, bad hinders self-reflection. If you're busy and distracted, you have no time to self-reflect. See, self-reflection is a sincere examination of the choices we make and the actions we take. 
One, one artist says, self-reflection is a humbling process. It's essential to find out why you think and say and do certain things. You see, bad hinders self-reflection, but it feeds judging other people. Because if you're busy and distracted, you don't have time to self-reflect on your stuff, you're constantly looking at everybody else. Constantly looking at everybody else. And when you judge others, it allows you to escape the evil within. It allows you to escape the evil within. That's why some of us rejoice that Trump got to pay all that money to New York because of the evil within. That's why some of us felt a certain way because of the he gets us ad on Facebook. On, on, on Super Bowl Sunday. We felt a certain way about it. Why they spend all that money? They could have fed the, the poor. Have you fed the poor? With your money? And so social media and our podcasts and all the news outlets that, that we go to, these things become busyness and distractions for us. And we don't ever have time to reflect on the fact none of this stuff is beyond me. None of the things I judge other people for are beyond me. These things live within me. Because remember, there's three enemies. The devil, the world, flesh. Flesh. And so as, as, as Christians, we, we have to spend some time self-reflecting. And I, and I did that this week because, it, it, because when I first saw that ad, I felt something. I was like, I didn't really, I, I, I squashed it. Then later this week I was thinking about why, why did I feel that feeling when I saw all these people you know, washing their, their no feet like Jesus would? Why, why, why did I feel that certain way? It was because of judgment. Judgment. I was judging. That's why. And so when you self-reflect, it, you, it requires you to ask an honest question about you. Not everybody else outside about you. What's going on here? What's going on in our church? What's going on in my family? What's going on in my heart? Because as I said last week, if you have never done the worst, it's because of God's mercy. Not because of your goodness or your politics or who you know. Because all we need is to be put in a certain situation and you'll do the very evil you judge people for. We will. We will. The stars has got to line up right. And we'll do it. We will. In Matthew 7, beginning in verse 1, Jesus says, Judge not that you might not be judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, you will measure to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother or sister's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother or sister, let me take that peck out of your eye, when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother or sister's eye. Taking the log out of your own eye, that's part of self-reflection. That is one way in which we bear arms in spiritual warfare, self-reflection. 
understanding who you are, understanding your struggles and your weaknesses and your gifts and all those things. It takes time to let me let me sit down and reflect. Why did I feel that way? Why did I say that? That's part of bearing arms. And another part of, of bearing arms is, is who's in the foxhole with you? If this is war, then who's in your foxhole? Who can you go to to say, I need you to hold me accountable because I struggle with this. I struggle with that. I'm struggling at home. Who, what brother, what sister, or therapist is in your foxhole? That's the one way in which we bear arms and we resist the things that we go through. We are never meant to navigate this life on the island unto ourselves. We are in community. We are in a family. Now, is Pastor Alex saying you need to get up here and confess all your junk to the church? No, that would be unwise and foolish. But what I'm saying, you got to have a group of people who's in your circle of trust. And everybody can't be trusted with your struggles. Even Christians. But you got to have somebody inside your circle who knows you. Not your favorite football team, but knows your crap. And who can hold you accountable under the banner of the cross. And so all of this stuff, these things are how we resist. These are things, this is how, these are weapons. And of course, prayer is a weapon that we pray for. For one another. Father, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We need to pray that. For one another, for our church, for our families, even the song that Yasmin led us in. We need to pray these things. Because it's easy to think that the verse that the, that the people who are against me, that's the real battle. What's behind it? It's spiritual stuff behind it. And how we navigate that stuff, we navigate it in wisdom. In wisdom. And so again. What are the, the, the way we fight? Self-reflection. We pray. We have people in the foxhole for us, with us. Those are the ways in which we fight. Those are the ways in which we encounter the enemy. One of my favorite theologians, he's been here a couple of times. He used to be uh, a professor at uh, Covenant College on uh, Lookout Mountain. And it's Henry Carmadon. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. And he has... In his commentary on James, this is what he says about trials and temptations. He says, we must come to the conclusion that according to the Bible, a trial constitutes the same at the same time a temptation and a temptation at the same time a trial. We must come to the conclusion, according to the Bible, a trial constitutes at the same time a temptation and a temptation at the same time a trial. He says, this is to say, in an interaction, a confrontation externally with a specific person, word, action, event, or circumstance, etc., are internally what our own makeup, 
which God plans as a trial, Satan exploits at the same time as a temptation. That's jacked up. And vice versa. In other words, God and Satan enlist the same means at the same time and in the same way. Mm. What God means for good for his children, Satan just as well means for evil. Think about that. That is jacked up. So, my family, church, communion, which is meant for my good, Satan can use that for evil? Yes. He doesn't care what pulls you away from Christ. He just want to pull you away from it. If it's a Chick-fil-A sandwich, so be it. If it's pornography, so be it. If it's gluttony, so be it. If it's pride, so be it. If it's taking communion in an unworthy manner, so be it. He don't care what the means are as long as he can trip you up. So, don't, again, this is the spiritual warfare that we're engaged in. And you can't navigate that alone. Alone. Prayer, self-reflection, foxhole. Who's in the foxhole? Who's in the foxhole? Well, I for you to turn your attention to table before you. This is a meal that does not belong to the village church. Um, we, 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 we don't have a, a monopoly on communion. And this is a meal that Jesus uh, instituted at the Last Supper. And this meal is for the spiritual nourishment of God's people. And so if you're heavy laden, if you are struggling, if you feel the weight of the hard weeks, and if you realize, yeah, I've been given into temptations, and, and I'm tired, and, and I want some spiritual nourishment, then this meal is for you. He welcomes you. He welcomes you. Friends and neighbors, if you're not a believer, and you have questions about what it means to be a believer, please see me after the service, and I will be glad to meet with you in my office and share with you the wonderful news of the gospel. And adults, we ask that the kids with you abstain from the elements until they have been invited to the table by the church that you are a member of. And now, TBC kids, give Pastor Alex your attention. This meal is a reminder that Jesus loves you. It's a reminder that he came and died for specific sins and for specific people. And he redeems specific people. And so it's my prayer as your pastor that one day each of you will come to Savior's Faith and be able to partake of this meal with your church family. And again, no one has ever taken me up on this offer. If you have questions about communion, questions about faith, have your mom and dad reach out to me. We can get some ice cream at BQN and we can talk because I'm your pastor too. I'm not just a pastor for the adults. I'm your pastor as well. So if you have any questions about faith, Christianity, any of my sermons, have your parents reach out to me, and we can sit down and talk about it. So now we're going to ask the Lord to bless the, the, the communion as the elders can come forward. That would be great. Well, you can have a seat right here first. Sorry. Father God, these are just common elements, and my prayer is that you will, through the power of your Holy Spirit, you will take these common elements 
and provide spiritual nourishment for your people. You know our worries, our fears, our grief, our hurts, our regrets. You know the ways in which we beat ourselves up. And so we need nourishment from that. We need healing from those things. We need freedom, deliverance over our mental health, over the things that have happened to us that still plague us. Give us freedom, Spirit. As we take these elements, just nourish us, Lord. Nourish us holistically, supernaturally. This is supernatural, Spirit. So Holy Spirit, we are utterly dependent upon you to minister to us through this meal. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. So Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said to them, take and eat. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. If you have a, a, a gluten allergy, the prepackaged ones are gluten-free.
Christ's body broken for us all, eat of it, all of it. I need some of that bread to take home. In the same manner, he also took the cup and having given thanks, he said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Drink from it, all of you. sons and daughters this is Christ's blood shed for all your sins past, present and future drank from it all of you Lord Jesus thank you for your sacrifice thank you that your blood will never ever ever lose its power thank you thank you that we stand forgiven thank you that we are beloved And again, I pray 
that these elements, that this meal that we just partake as a community, as a, a body, you would give us spiritual nourishment as we head back out into our lives to live as the people of God. So thank you, Father, for your graciousness. Thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. In Christ's name that I pray. CBC Saints, will you please stand as we close our service by singing, He is good. Isn't God good? Has God has been good to you this morning? Has God has been good to you this morning?
every nation and tongue from generation to generation we worship you hallelujah hallelujah we worship you for who you are we worship you we worship you god we worship